Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the show for Street Soccer here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. Also coming to you live on Sirius XM 211, Dan Patrick Sports. I'm your host, Nick Eber. It is great to be with you today. Uh, we're going to take a good look at the Premier League and uh, get a really good idea about where things stand and uh, what's going to go on this weekend. There's some big matches, including a huge Manchester derby this weekend. Uh, you're not going to want to miss that one. Uh, everyone who's anybody is in action uh, Chelsea playing Everton, Leicester City playing Villa, City United, of course, uh, Liverpool are playing Bournemouth. Let's talk about Liverpool Football Club. Let's talk about what's happening in light of their midweek departure of the FA Cup at the hands of Chelsea. Obviously, lots of people talking about that, and uh, I want to give you my perspective on that. Uh, let's also talk about the bottom end of the table, because that's very important. And also, folks, the feedback I have been getting off the last show where I was talking about Major League Soccer and the lack of interest and lack of excitement that I feel, and I want to make that clear, that I feel about the league um, has been, uh, I would say, uh, 70% in agreement with me and 30% vehemently disagreeing with me. I like both sides of this story. I like both sides of the discussion, and so let's take a look at both sides of it, uh, of the argument, and and get a handle so that you can make a better decision. But look, I'm I'm mad enough to say, look, these are my opinions, and you're right or wrong. These are my opinions, and if you disagree with me, I'd love to hear from you. Really, because uh, you know, it is the it's disagreement, it's differing opinions that makes things like talk radio so much fun. If everybody agreed with me, who the hell would care, right? Pretty boring stuff. All right. Um, send me a tweet, tweet. I'd love to hear from you. Um, at Nick Eber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. We're going to take a look at all the matchups this coming weekend, as well as the odds, current odds going on. Uh, see if there's any betting values, of course, that courtesy of our good friends at betonline.ag. All right. I'm going to take a break. I'll be right back with more right after this on Fifth Street Soccer. Right. Uh, if you don't know what that is, by the way, that's Moon Over Marin. It's a, it's a great Dead Kennedy song, probably one of the uh, a lesser known of their great songs. I love the Dead Kennedys. Great band. I've, I've been listening to them since, uh, gosh, I'm going to say 1979 or so, maybe b- b- before that. Great band. Um, obviously, their early stuff, I think, you know, as is the case of most bands, by the way. Uh, early stuff, I think, you know, by far better than the latest stuff. But... I I guess you have to take the good with the bad, right? You, you can't look at it both ways. But either way, uh, that was the Dead Kennedys, and we do uh, like to try to play some fun music on this show because uh, that's me. I like fun music. Uh, by the way, I hate Top 40. Uh, allow me to say, I, I cannot bear Top 40 music. You will never hear it on this show. It's the worst sort of music. And it's funny, you know, growing up, you're... you're, you're 
parents were like kids today and their music is terrible, not music. And, uh, you know, growing up, I certainly heard that in terms of punk, the uh, whole punk era back in the uh, mid to late 70s. You know, it's not music, it's noise, it's rubbish. And I find myself saying that about the same crap that kids today listen to. But, you know, the one thing I'll say about most of the music that kids today listen to, it has no balls whatsoever. I mean, what happened to music with a set of, you know, wavos? It's just awful stuff, but that's just me. And I, I did have a birthday uh, on Monday, so that does officially make me old. So I'm allowed to say those things. Uh, yesterday on Picks and Parlays, I was on that show, uh, which you can hear on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network uh, at uh, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 Pacific. Uh, I was on with a guy named Al Ninos, who's, who's another – who's a, well, not another because it's not like I am, but he is a uh, – a handicapper does Premier League. Uh, I gave my picks. He gave his. Uh, we did Wolves, Brighton, Sheffield, Norwich, and Palace, Watford. I, I think we were largely uh, in agreement about everything except for this Sheffield United, Norwich City match. So uh, um, it'll be fun to get to that and, and to give you my picks uh, and, and and get your get your take on it. By the way, I'm here with you every weeknight, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 6 p.m. Pacific, on these networks. Also. On our digital platforms, iHeartRadio, tune in the award-winning SiriusXM app. We're also on uh, the American Forces Network. So uh, I'd like to greet all of our men and women in uniform listening around the world on the American Forces Network. And if you miss any part of this show, you can hear the podcast immediately on conclusion at the Believe Podcast Network, B-L-E-A-V. So I uh, would love to uh, have you download it, and you can listen to me while you're sweating it out at the gym. Or, or on top or underneath of the, the one you love, sweating it out, or, or whatever it is you're doing. Uh, make me a, a regular part of your week and your day. We've got everywhere that you can listen to the show. Uh, we are available for you. So, uh, yeah, let's talk about it. So I've been getting a lot of heat about the comments I made about Major League Soccer. And the one thing that I will say, and I will give credit to MLS fans, is they are uh, the ones that are indoctrinated – the ones that have drunk the Kool-Aid, good or bad, uh, are definitely virulent supporters and, you know, love to express themselves and fight what they seem to be, what they think are Euro snobs, or as one person mistakenly spelt it, Euro snab, uh, like me, or MLS people that are anti-MLS, people that they deem to be, you know, they will bring down the party. The party is king. Don Garber is our leader. To kind of take that approach. But on the other hand, the other side equally as virulent, equally as convinced that their way is the right way. The MLS um, detractors, the pro-rel for USA people, of which I am one. Let's just be, be clear here. I just like to try to keep an even head and understand the realities and, and, and the limitations of uh, pro promotion relegation here in the United States. I mean, uh, you know, not happening anytime soon. So everybody is polarized, much like our modern politics today. Everybody's a virulent supporter of their position. Everybody's convinced their position is the right one and the other person is a knob. <laughs> but uh, there, there is sort of a middle ground here. But, but look, there is no denying what I said is untrue. There is no denying that the lack of promotion relegation makes Major League Soccer a dull league for much of the season. Now, clearly, 
if you are a fan of the league and you know you follow through the playoffs and the and the uh, and, and the trophy and the supporters shield which is kind of uh, a bit of a scam really because the supporters shield goes to the team with the most points at the end of the season and that really should be the trophy that you want to win and the MLS cup should be looked at kind of like the FA cup but of course, we have the U.S. Open Cup in here, which is uh, another one of these very maligned, much maligned tournaments. But MLS is now playing what thirty-four games uh, for the season. I mean, that's a decent number of games. I mean, there's thirty-eight games in the Premier League. There's thirty-four games in MLS. It's a long season now. And, and, and my take is, you know, the team that's sitting top of the heap at the end of the season, is the one that, that that's the champion. Like we have in all the other leagues around the world. Or 99% of them, let's just say. But of course, it's America, and it's Don Garber, and it's the uh, league owners who, uh, when this league started, all were traditional sports owners. So, you know, hey man, the fans got to have a playoff. We've got to have a cup. We've got to have a trophy. So they do it. They did it. They have MLS Cup, and they got this playoff system. And, you know, really what you're playing through throughout the season is nothing more than a chance to enter the playoffs. Because like any sport, any sport, I don't care, uh, NFL, NHL, uh, baseball, you name it. If you get hot around the time of the playoffs and you eke your way into the playoffs, anything can happen. Yeah, home field advantage and this, that, and the other. and That's nice. But throw it out the window. Because a hot team in the playoffs will eradicate all of that. So, really, you're playing the regular season to ensure... Uh, the best positioning that you can get prior to the second half of the race, uh, which is, of course, the playoffs. And that, to me, is sucks, because it means that, you know, most of the season's sort of useless. And then, of course, you've got the factor that the teams that don't make the playoffs, so what? Okay, well, they go dormant, have a nice holiday, see you next, see you next time, guys. Good to have you back. You sucked last year. Oh, by the way, Colorado Rapids, you'll probably suck again this year, but, you know, we just kind of think you're the sucky franchise. I mean, there's no, there's no uh, consequences. Again, promotion, relegation. There's no promotion. I mean, I love it when I hear these, this BS that I get from the league. Oh, so-and-so, FC Cincinnati's been promoted to Major League Soccer. No, they haven't. Promotion suggests some sort of sporting merit. I did well at work. I got a promotion. I'm in the military. I went from corporal to sergeant. I went from lieutenant to captain. I've been promoted based on my job performance. No, of course not. Promotion in Major League Soccer means I bought in. It means Mike, Mike Bloomberg did it. I said, I can play in the big leagues. All I need is the money, the dosh. 
the scratch. All right, more about this when we come back on the other side. Fist Street Soccer, Nick Gieber with you. Find me on Twitter, at Nick Gieber, live on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Sirius XM 211, Dan Patrick Sports. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back after this. Welcome back for Street Soccer. Nick Eber with you. Uh, where was I before the break? Oh, yeah, we were talking about MLS, uh, the whole playoff system. Need to fade that music out, guys. Thank you. All right. Uh, the whole playoff system. And, you know, uh, just how ridiculous it is because it just doesn't reward the effort that you're going to put in over a 34-game season in Major League Soccer. So they created the Supporter Shield largely because the fans and the pundits were, you know, many many of them were making this very same point. Point being, why do you kind of need the regular season if this is all about the playoff run? And also to try to bring it into better alignment with the sort of global end of the game, which... Look, I, I get American sports. I, I enjoy American sports. I get it. I, I follow it. But but there's a tradition and there's a leadership role assumed by much of American sports. And that leadership role is not taken up in the form of global soccer. America is not a leader in global soccer. America is a latecomer. America is a... Second rate, and I don't mean that like, oh, yeah, second rate use. I mean, it's, it is. It's a secondary league in global soccer, maybe even tertiary. Very possible. So, one of the things that Major League Soccer has done since its inception is it's tried to sort of hitch its wagon so to speak, on the success of others. By that I mean it's tried to align itself with the success of global soccer, the success of the Premier League, the success of the other leagues, the Champions League, the World Cup. And when I first started this broadcasting business over 20 years ago, now 20 years it's been, actually, which is incredible. I remember saying the success of soccer is inextricably linked to the success of the men's national team in the World Cup. And, and I was correct about so much of that. I mean, the 2002 World Cup, uh, the United States, of course, great run. Uh, um, uh, Bruce Arena was the coach and, you know, made it to what? The quarterfinals of the World Cup and then, you know, was eliminated by Germany in a very unfortunate game. But but there were a lot of and there were a lot of things that kind of aligned for the US in that game without the tournament itself being held here in the US, which is rare. 
But subsequent to that, the U.S. has really failed to repeat the success of 2002. Uh, not surprising, because much of the inherent infrastructure in U.S. soccer was very slow to change. Very slow to change. And, and keep in mind, I mean, Major League Soccer came in in when, 1996? So... By the way, 25th year. So, uh, 2002, I mean, the league was only six years old. And the league really sucked, okay, in 2002. I mean, let, let's be honest. Major League Soccer was not, was, was, was even worse then than it is today. And it's not bad today. It's just not the top league in the world. So uh, the surprise on the success of the U.S. men's national team back in 2002 had a, lot, uh, had a lot to do with a number of factors. Number one, it had to do with the fact that I think many of the players, staffs, staff and coaches you know, had a point to make. That most of these athletes that were playing on the U.S. national team had fresh in their minds their college soccer careers and training and athleticism. And this team, as coached by, by uh, Bruce Arena back then, was exceptionally fit, exceptionally well-rested, hadn't come on the back of a long, arduous European season, and was ready to make a point, ready to prove something. And they went out, and I remember the first game against Portugal. I mean, I remember, this is right when, I, I remember doing the show when I was doing my, uh, my uh, World Cup preview back in 2002, and I even remember it. Stephen Cohen, oh, God, you know, the name, oh, makes brings bile to my throat. But uh, Stephen Cohen and I practiced uh, our, our Open, because we were recording it for a, a bumper. And we're like, well, the U.S. team needs to only know two names, two things. Two words they need to know about this game, Luis Figo. <laughs> and of course, U.S. came out to win that game, ended up winning that game, surprising everybody with their speed, pace, athleticism, and just quite frankly, American grit and determination that they were just going to play through the final whistle. And they won that game. Big, big shock, of course, and they won the game against Mexico. I think they drew South Korea. And then they moved on, yeah, to the, to the uh, knockout rounds, the first one against Mexico. Big rivalry. Uh, won that game. Etc. 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 Not surprised. Uh, and then uh, I thought the best game of that tournament they played was against Germany. And there was that handball that was uh, not saw, not seen. And I think you know these days, if we had VAR, we might be. We, you know, we might have been talking about the U.S. team making the semifinals of the World Cup back in 22, uh, 2002. But it wasn't to be. Anyway, I don't know where I'm going with this story. Oh yes inextricably linked but uh, but really the success of the women's team has been the driving factor in the growth of the game and, and what hasn't kept pace with the game has been the underlying part of the pyramid the problem that i have with major league soccer is very much like the problem politically that a lot of people had with mike bloomberg coming into the race uh for the democratic nomination he is a guy doesn't really have a lot of experience, but has a ton of money. He's going to buy his way to the top of the pyramid. Well, I mean, that's essentially what MLS did. And, they, and it's not even that they bought their way to the top of the pyramid. I mean, to, to take both sides of this, uh, uh, of this issue, uh, there really was no professional Division I men's league in this country prior to MLS. I mean, NASL had disbanded. NASL had... 
uh, imploded on the back of runaway spending and uh, and 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 you know no fiscal restraint and uh, all, all of the rest of this and, and so there was no division one and to get the World Cup in the U.S. in '94 the commitment had to be made to FIFA that the U.S. would have a division one league in time. It didn't actually launch until '96, but you know credit to FIFA. I mean, I, I think they saw you know this wasn't something you could just you know squeeze one out and uh, have have a pro league right there. Um, So let's give credit where credit is due. Uh, the financial and fiscal restraints on Major League Soccer at its, at its inception, since the league, I believe at the time, was owned primarily by four or five uh, primary investors who took a big financial risk in doing this. Kind of, you know, what they say, you know, you're not going to stick my hand in the fire again. Literally stuck their hand in the fire to create this league, but said, look, you know, we are experienced American sports owners and we know what works and we know what, 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 what don't work. They knew what didn't work. So they, uh, enacted the wet dream of sports owners everywhere. A single entity league with a tight salary cap control where the owners control essentially everything. And that, you know, was really, really important. And that's why we still have a league today. So I I am not complaining about the fact that we didn't have promotion and relegation, that it was a single entity system, that, you know, Nike made up the original team names. I'm not complaining about any of that. That, that, There was... Uh, prudent, fiscally prudent, responsible, and, and and because of that structure, we still have a Division One professional league now that has expanded. Uh, the, the, the 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 disappointment for me is that the league, rather than be and become an inclusive league, has said, doesn't matter what happens, we're never having promotion and relegation. There's no uh, you know there's no pathway to promotion and relegation and we're going to be an insular league and we're going to really not give a snuff about anything unless we control it so you can talk youth systems you can talk academies you can talk all of this but unless they're major league soccer academies Unless they're part of our brand, unless they're in our pocket, unless we control them, we're just not interested. And that, my friends, that, therein lies the problem. Rather than look to expand the game and become inclusive, and and I had this discussion actually with my son, uh, Robert, talking about some of the differences between an insular closed league and promotion and relegation. But, you know, we're out of time in this segment, so let's close out the segment 
I'm going to tell you when I come back what I mean by this, and then we're going to get on to our little brief Premier League preview uh, for the weekend. Fist Free Soccer, Nick Eber with you. Twitter me, at Nick Eber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. Find uh, the show immediately at its conclusion at the Believe Podcast Network, B-L-E-A-V. And, of course, we're on iHeartRadio. Tune in. Uh, the SiriusXM app and live on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, American Forces, and SiriusXM 211, Dan Patrick Sports. I'm Nick Eber. Be right back after this. Welcome back. Uh, a little clash there for you. Another great band. Look, okay, so before the break, uh, let's get to it because we've got a lot to get to this segment. Uh, before the break, uh, I, I was explaining um, why I understand why MLS is the way it is and has got the way it has gotten and respect the fact that without it we would not have a Division One professional league. So for the MLS supporters, I understand that portion of your argument and agree with you wholeheartedly. Couldn't agree with you more. I, you know, really think you, you, without it, you know, it would be, it would not be great. There would be nothing. And, and, and the attempts to do it again, and I, look, I was involved in uh, the new iteration of NASL. I spent a long time and a lot of money with an investor group trying to bring a professional NASL team to Las Vegas. And I I tell you what, that was just about one of the most, uh, 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 shall we say, a dysfunctional group of people you could meet. Talk about shooting yourself in the foot to run a race. So I understand why we got here, but... But the time has come now to change if you really want to grow the sport to the next level and not just have a nice little monopolistic business. And I'll tell you what I mean. Let's take a look at Major League Soccer right now. There are franchises all over the country. Let's take a look, shall we? Atlanta, Chicago, Columbus, Ohio. Washington, D.C., Cincinnati, Miami, Foxborough, Massachusetts, Boston, basically, New York, New Jersey, Orlando, Philly, Colorado, Dallas, Houston, L.A., Minnesota, Nashville, and Portland, and Salt Lake, and San Jose, and Seattle, and Kansas City, (coughs) and Vancouver. Now, and then you got, of course, the the the, the Canadian um, uh, teams, which, by the way, I think need to move. But that's a different topic. Those cities will forever have teams, as long as those teams, you know, continue to do well. But one of the things that MLS struggles with is is interest outside of its fan base. I, for example, am not in any of these cities. I live in Las Vegas. Now, I lived 30 years in Los Angeles. I worked for the LA Galaxy. So, you know, I obviously have teams that I appreciate. But none of them interest me enough to watch the regular season or any really broadcast of MLS. The point I'm making here for you folks is the guys and girls 
that are watching Major League Soccer on ESPN or wherever they watch it are, are likely vested in one of these teams that I have mentioned. If you're in Salt Lake City, you're going to watch Real Salt Lake, right? But if you're not, let's just say you're in uh, Raleigh, North Carolina. What's your reason that you're going to watch MLS? There is none, because you know that your team isn't going to be promoted to MLS anytime soon. So why would you give a snot? Why would you watch it? This is the part of it. There is an aspirational part to promotion and relegation that creates interest in the league outside of just those markets where those teams exist. And that interest in the league will equate to viewership, will equate to uh, merchandise sold, will will equate to a general enhancement of the overall fan base. Without it, hey, you're locked into those cities that you're in. If you want to buy in in future, you can buy in. It's 300 million. It's just, it's, it's time to change. This model doesn't work anymore. All right, enough about this. Let's get back to the Premier League. By the way, what do you think? I, I'm, uh, you know, what do you think? Send me a tweet, at Nikiba, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. Let's talk about the Premier League, because we've got a lot of very exciting matches coming up in the Premier League this weekend. And I think we would be remiss if we didn't talk about the Manchester derby, of course. Let's kick it all off with that, because we are uh, not uh, endowed with an over overabundance of time today. The Manchester Derby is going to be a fascinating match. By the way, congratulations to Man City on what their third straight Carabao Cup victory. All right, let's take a look. Saturday, Liverpool will host Bournemouth at Anfield. Liverpool will win this game. And if we take a look right now at the betting odds on this game, uh, Liverpool are the uh, minus 400 favorites. I bet you that was more before they lost to Watford and then lost to Chelsea midweek. Bournemouth are plus 950. Bournemouth are horrible. The interesting line here with the money is basically uh, over three and a half goals pays a one plus 109. I might be tempted to take that I think you're going to see a response from this Liverpool side. It is at Anfield. I don't predict anything other than a total destruction of Bournemouth, and their woes are going to continue. I know Liverpool have been lethargic. I know they came off the winter break. They've had some difficult matches, and these relegation-bound teams fight hard. Bournemouth just are playing Liverpool at Anfield. There is nothing going to happen there other than a Bournemouth defeat. And I think they're going to get the wrong side of a bunch of PO'd Liverpool players who have been disappointed with their performance up to now, uh, the last few games. So look for that. Um, but let's get to the, the big match because I want to talk about the Sunday match, the Derby match. And this is an interesting match for me because, look, City have been a little bit all over the place. Laporte is still injured or re-injured. So that's a big problem for them. Because he has been a huge, you know, when this team is successful, that's huge. Both these teams have fairly similar records, last five. City beat Leicester, they beat West Ham. 
They lost 2-0 to Spurs away. They beat Sheffield uh, at home, and then they drew 2-2 uh, to Palace. And by the way, this game is at Old Trafford. And United, maybe not a bit of a role, actually. I mean, they draw with Wolves, they beat Chelsea, they beat Watford, and they drew Everton. That's uh, on the, after that 2-0 home loss to Burnley that I think shocked people and had supporters walking out. Look, this is going to be a good game. I'm not sure this is a gimme for City. I'm going to take a draw for this game, uh, City-Chelsea. And the draw right now plays 2.95. So there is some nice little draw money on that game if you want to do it. By the way, all of these odds that I'm giving you are courtesy of our good friends at betonline.ag. All right. Let's get to some of the other games. Because there are some good ones. So this is the one that when I did the um, uh, the, uh, the handicapping preview on Picks and Parlays uh, yesterday, uh, I differed with the, uh, the handicapper they had. That's Sheffield Norwich City. This is at Bramall Lane. I love Sheffield United. I, what a wonderful team, uh, showing how it should be done as a promoted team. Great results. I mean, really, in the last five, what, they've lost one, drawn two, one, two? coming off the back of a 1-1 draw at home against Brighton, which they should have won that game. Sheffield are, you know, top 10. Uh, if you had asked me, uh, and I will tell you, they are within touching distance of that fifth place and Champions League spot, of course, barring any uh, CAS, Court of Arbitration Sport ruling. So they could do it. However, you saw, and I spoke about last time, these relegation-bound clubs and what a difficult situation they are in. Norwich City coming off a shock 1-0 victory <coughs> Excuse me, to Leicester City at home are fighting for their lives. That gave them hope. They're 21 points now. They are six points off of safety or let's say seven points. There's ten games. It's doable, but they got to get a they got to get a result here, folks. I'm going to tell you, Sheffield Norwich United. They're going to fight each other to a standstill. I'm going to take one-one uh, on this result. And if not, if Norwich lose, I think that is all she wrote for Norwich City. But take the draw at plus two seventy. Uh, let's take a look at some of the other fixtures coming up uh, briefly because we don't have much time left. There are some good ones though. Um, Arsenal, West Ham, love this. London, Derby, Derby, it's at the Emirates. Kind of think Arsenal are going to win that. Palace, Watford at Selhurst Park. Watford are going to win this. Uh, Palace under Roy Hodgson, uh, up and down, up and down. Really nothing to play for, but Watford want to get out of that relegation zone. Coming off that incredible 3-0 home victory against Liverpool. They're going to believe they can beat anyone, and they will beat Crystal Palace. I'll take Watford on this one. Uh, Newcastle, Southampton. Uh, you know, Newcastle... <clears throat> really, I mean, they did so well and we were all excited about how beautifully they were doing and coming out of their slump and it's been pretty bloody awful for Newcastle. They haven't had a win uh, since uh, middle of January. It's been five matches without a win. That is going to change here, though. Uh, Southampton, I really love Southampton. Great team, great football to watch. They've been in a bit of a slump, by the way. 
and uh, they are primarily an away team. They lost a 2-1 at home to Burnley. I actually think Newcastle are going to get a result here. And I wonder, because they're, they're due for it, not because of any particular analysis. They're just overdue for it. And uh, they are plus 400. So that might be some nice money. Wolves are going to beat Brighton at home. Enough said. Love Wolverhampton Wanderers. What a, what a great club they are. Uh, and Burnley Tottenham, <laughs> you know, I don't know what to take about that. Uh, that's such a hard match. I, I'm, I'm going to take Burnley. I think they're going to beat Tottenham at home. Tottenham in big trouble, but as you would expect without their two best players. Well, we didn't even get to the Daniel Sturridge story. I really wanted to get to that today. That, that's a huge story as well. And by the way, discussion, he may come to Major League Soccer. Love to hear uh, about that. And, <laughs> you know, in keeping with any lack of consequences in U.S. sports, hello, Major League Baseball. Um, that's a topic maybe for the next show. All right, uh, the other matches, uh, the big one, let's talk about it. Uh, it's a big match at Stamford Bridge. Chelsea flying high right now after really a really, really rough period facing an Everton football club that's been a little bit inconsistent, but really a good good club under, under Ancelotti. Disappointing results the last two outings. Uh, 1-1 against United, uh, losing 3-2 to Arsenal. This is a big match against a Chelsea side that has been reinvigorated, but still in the Premier League, only one win in five. Last result was a 2-2 away at Bournemouth. I think this is going to be another draw. That's my pick for this one. And right now, on the terms of draw, what you can get for it is uh, plus 265. So I'd probably take the draw. All right, folks, that's going to wrap up this segment of the show. Uh, We've been a bit all over the place today in terms of what we talk about and where we go with it. But that's sort of the show. So I hope you love it, and I hope you make me a regular part of your week. By the way, uh, mid-month, I'm rejoined by my regular co-host, Kartik Krishnaya. We'll be taking on a new name. Uh, I'll bring back the old host, though. And actually, it's an old name we're going back to. Maybe I'll re-explain that, because I did that a month or so ago uh, when we uh, do the next show. All right, until then, uh, I'm going to take a break. Be right back to wrap it up here on Fifth Street Soccer. All right, little Ian Drury. Uh, a little short of time, though, because we're just about out of time on the show. So I uh, just wanted to run through some of these matches. But look, Daniel Sturridge, this is a story, and, I, and I'll, I'll tease it, and then we'll continue it on the next show. Uh, you know, played for Liverpool, moved to Turkey. When he was leaving Liverpool, there was lots of discussions about him moving to Spain. He was in negotiations with clubs in Spain, and he tipped his brother off to make a bet about where he was going to go based on the negotiations he was ongoing, basically giving his brother insider information. And for that, he was found guilty and was banned for a couple of weeks and given a little wrist slap. The FA came back uh, to FIFA or whichever, or UEFA, whatever the, the body was, I think it was UEFA, and said, that's ridiculous and uh, it's not enough. He's now been fined a number of hundreds of thousands of pounds and banned essentially for the rest of the year from football, terminating his contract in Turkey. He's now unemployed. Uh, Daniel Sturridge, look, I am one of these people that, you know, sports betting, sports betting. I believe Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, I don't think anything he ever did it adjusted an outcome, didn't bet on his own team to lose. But Daniel Sturridge, what he did was just wrong. Just dead wrong. There's no, you know, there's no gray area here. There's no ambiguity. This is just wrong. And he should have been ashamed of himself. 
But now I hear, hey, out of contract, guess who's interested? <laughs> Major League Soccer. Really? Come on, MLS. Is this what you want? Not that Daniel Sturridge isn't a great player, but is this really what you want in the league? You want to make that statement? All right, I'll be back with you tomorrow at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 6 p.m. Pacific, right here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Sirius XM 211, Dan Patrick Sports. In the meantime, you can find the podcast immediately upon our conclusion at the Believe Podcast Network, B-L-E-A-V. So, hope you'll make me uh, a regular part of the week and on your uh, device to podcast whenever the fancy takes you. All right, I'll be back tomorrow. In the meantime, have a great night. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.